Well, hello and welcome back to this week's Tales of the Resistance, um, our podcast where we talk about antimicrobial resistance and the impacts that it has on our daily lives. I'm Mara Zelt. I'm a project manager with the I Am Responsible Project, an outreach team focusing on antimicrobial resistance. And I'm joined today in our discussion by Amber Patterson. Hi, I'm Amber Patterson. I'm the multimedia graphics designer for the Schmidt Lab. And by uh, Noelle More. Uh, my name is Noelle Atiyah More, and I am a recent doctoral graduate from the University of Nebraska in Lincoln with a specialization in environmental engineering from the Civil Environmental Engineering Department. Yes, and we are so glad to have you back after we interviewed you here a few weeks ago, our listeners may remember. So we're glad that you were able to join us for this conversation and hopefully more going forward. Um, so this week, we're going to be continuing our discussion of the book, Quarantine Life from Cholera to COVID-19 by Dr. Kari Nixon. We're going to move on now to chapter four titled uh, Wash Your Hands, Sanitation Campaigns Throughout History. Um, and in this chapter, we're talking about uh, the example of a doctor from Austria named Ignaz uh, Semmelweis, who was uh, practicing in the uh, maternity, well, I guess part of the story is that he was practicing across the hospital, but specialization within the maternity wards in the mid 1800s in Vienna. And he sort of identified through observation that there was cross-contamination happening on the hands of doctors who went at the time would be both participating in autopsies and in live births. And so he had noticed there was a lot of people dying from what we would know today as sepsis or septic shock, different kinds. And he sort of uh, deduced that that was the reason that was happening and encouraged his fellow doctors to practice hand washing. So it was an early, early advocate for hand washing. Um, but as the chapter goes on to discuss, he, his um, encouragements, or I should say his blandishments, maybe it would be a better word, uh, for his fellows to do hand washing were not well received. And so this, through this discussion, we learn um, three new lessons. Number one, uh, we must find common ground or it will find us. Number two, the political is personal for all of us. And number three, how you say things matters as much as what you say. So uh, let's go ahead and start with uh, lesson 10. We must find common ground or it will find us. I kind of <laughs> like how she, how she says it, that uh, if, uh, if COVID-19 as an infectious disease uh, is not common enough for us all, then the death that comes as a result of it will be, and then we're going to unite in the in the ground, like uh, in the grave when we are dead, which is uh, a satirical way of saying that we should find a common ground or the common ground will find us in that the end of 
you not protecting yourself or you refusing to wear a mask or engaging in debates when the science literally tells you what you're supposed to do, the end result of that uh, to the negative is death. And death is common for us all. And so basically we have to find the common ground when you're still alive in order to save ourselves before the common ground finds us. I don't know if that's a better way to summarize what she says uh, in this very short lesson, but just in itself, I think it is uh, mind blowing and, uh, and I mean, just speaks for itself. Yes, um, it, it does put into perspective, not just that it would be good for, you know, I mean, I think we, we hear a lot of times of, of people calling for, um, you know, kindness. And I don't want to say that that's like trite or insincere, but, you know, they're, they're calling for let's all get along for its own sake, for the, the sake of what it's like to live in the world. And this is taking it to another level in terms of that it's not just because it would be nice. It is, we have to find common ground because it is essential. Um, it's essentially yeah. self-preservation. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay, so the next section is called uh, the political is personal for us all. I think this is the section where she goes and talks about how um, people were reluctant to wash their hands, not because they thought washing their hands was evil necessarily, um, but because, you know, people are resistant to change, especially they're resistant to change that is um, relevant to their bodies. She talks about how um, your body and your person is the sort of core of what is personal to you. And um, that's why people are particularly resistant to, you know, directives related to how they behave physically in the world. And we have to take those lessons. I mean, for us, handwashing seems obvious, but you could apply that same lesson, the resistance that people have to you know, being told that they have to hand wash as though it implies that they're dirty or it implies that they're, that they are the cause of death and disease and, you know, and those same lessons could be applied elsewhere as we're sort of discussing not just COVID, but antimicrobial resistance going forward. Um, how, how do we sort of bridge that gap in terms of encouraging behavioral change that will impact people in their person, you know, um, keeping mm -hmm. that in mind. And I think that leads us to the next, so I don't want to jump into the next lesson, but I think for this point where the, the political is personal for all of us, it just gets to a personal level on okay, what does this make me feel? What does this say about me? Or how does this positively impact me uh, before deciding to do, to go whichever route we choose in, say even in terms of this pandemic? Yeah, for sure. And, and we can go ahead and move on to the next one because I think that's the one we'll probably have a lot to say on. Um, the, the last 
lesson is how you say things matters as much as what you say. Um, so, and I know we have thought a lot about this uh, in previous, I guess, publications and educational materials, but uh, here she uses kind of the description of Semmelweis again. He was, he was quite belligerent with people when he was trying to get them to wash their hands and it was not effective, you know, even about something small like hand washing. And so we have to take that lesson as, you know, we're trying to, you know, encourage behavioral change with the work that we're doing. Mm-hmm. How we say things matters. I thought it was very interesting. It, like for me, what kept coming to me was like who you include also matters, like who you include mm-hmm. in the conversation you know, that you have to be purposeful about that. You can't just assume that everyone feels included in the conversation. So targeting specific audiences, I think, is what came to mind for me. Mm-hmm. Like audiences that are that are underserved and maybe have, yes. have things to, com- to contribute, you know, going back to the idea of building community around these topics we don't just all have a responsibility to address antimicrobial resistance, but we all have a contribution that we can make for the positive in terms of learning to and getting the word out about antimicrobial resistance for other people. You know, everyone is capable of being an advocate on this topic. um, And we have maybe not done a very good job of encouraging some of those communities to get on board early or some member of those communities who could be really powerful advocates and um and I guess message leaders in a sense another thing that and this probably is obvious uh to us but the but it certainly is something that I have seen in how people are addressing COVID. But the, the part she said about um, don't assume that the audience is incapable um, or unwilling to, to listen. listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just repeating yourself over and over again will never have the effect that you want it to, you know. You have to rethink how you're messaging. And I think um, I wrote down here, her book, the way that she structured this is actually a great example of this in terms of how narrativized it is. You know, we're going into the heads of people experiencing disease a lot. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I, I was appreciating this during this section because, you know, I think, Amber, we had discussed last time about the emotional, um, how we were feeling um, when we were, were talking about the experience of the mother and the, and the death of her child. Um, that account is not written down somewhere. It's, it's Dr. Nixon described it from the, as a narrative version of the records, the medical records that she had researched. It's an act of empathy on her part, and it instills an emotion in us. Um, 
And so I guess just reading the book is in a way kind of a a good lesson in, in terms of how to talk about these things. Right, it's very engaging and accessible. And she did it to me again in this chapter when she, Nixon, again, I think very successfully, um, when she talks about Semmelweis watching his hands with a lie solution until mm-hmm. layers of his skin were removed. I was like, oh, that's nasty <laughs> and sounds painful. Yeah. And you can see why, given <laughs> given the alternative, when if somebody is yelling at you to wash your hands because and then they're showing you their hands and they're like bloody and raw and, and raw and probably not bloody, that would have defeated the purpose, although I guess I don't know. But um, yeah, it's just like, you're not, you're not giving anyone incentive to join you there. You're just making yourself this martyr. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what it would feel like, I think, for a lot of people in that position. You're, you're again, you're putting yourself into empathy of now I'm empathizing with people who refuse to wash their hands. But, I, mean, <laughs> but I think that's a good stance to take because it, it 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 further emphasizes what she was getting at, like the political being personal and about it being our bodies, it's your person. And there is no incentive. There is, you know, if I saw that, I would think, no, thank you. I'm fine. I, you know, I will continue to do things as I've always done them. And it's good, you know, I think getting to that, the way you say things matter, it's like he was halfway there, some of us was, but he wasn't all the way there. Yeah, like every scientist needs a, a marketing buddy because otherwise we make no impact. <laughs> <laughs> But I think she has said over and over in different ways that, like you said, you have understanding to that, but you are not changing your recommendation based Mm -hmm. on your understanding of their point of view. You're considering alternative ways to communicate it, to engage with them, Mm -hmm. yeah, but not the fundamental truth that you're trying to express because, you know, like she said in the, uh, the common ground one if the, if the we don't come together around the the truth don't take action around the truth we end up all together in the grave so mm-hmm. it's sort of our we must take action we can't sort of subsume the truth to the will of others but we must come I think I said last time and, and lead with love you know we're where we we want other people to change their behavior not just because it's helpful to us and and I should say I should change my behavior too but I mean but because it's helpful to them too you know because it's for society like and we (laughs) you know we care about it them i guess i think that's that's a philosophical front that we may not want to get into at the moment (laughs) (laughs) we're not equipped for that discussion (laughs) not at the moment (laughs) we probably need another book review for that why should i be nice okay how does something make it (laughs) but yeah 
those are good points that she does raise and uh, i like how she sums up them how sums them up in multiple lessons which are very very relatable yeah so we've gone over all of the lessons so we'll uh we'll wrap up for today's discussion um and we'll be coming back soon with more from Dr. Nixon. There's many more chapters to go, so we'll be looking forward to that. Um, thank you both uh, for being with us today, and we'll see all the folks online again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and maybe sort then. of like peeling the onion a little bit and, mm-hmm. yeah or looking at the different like looking at all the different angles of a sculpture I don't know my my metaphor game is not strong as we've established <laughs> previously in this series but um 